0: There's gonna come a time whereby you realize that you are in a new country, thousands of kilometers away from your home country. Yeah, it happened to me and I can remember almost, you know, shedding tears. There was uh, one very huge mountain I had to cross.
1: And when I started studying physics, you know, I, I had the feeling, you know, that being gay was not not an issue, but only retrospective, I realized that I didn't have any role models.
2: You start noticing maybe some exclusions, and the only thing you can see that you have in common is that you're the female faculty.
3: Welcome to the We Are OSA podcast, a new series featuring inspirational stories and perspectives from scientists and engineers improving the world. In this episode, you'll hear from three distinct OSA members sharing their perspectives and experiences. They bring unique insights to our discussion shaped by the intersectionality of their gender, race, sexual orientation, and ethnicity, coupled with their passions for optics and photonics.
1: Hello, my name is Klaus Jäger. I'm a physicist and I'm working at a research center in Berlin, Germany, where I mainly do optical um, simulations for solar cells.
2: So I'm Sheila Karmic and I'm a professor at OIST Graduate University in Okinawa. OIST is the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology.
0: Okay, so my name is Timothy Imogore and I am a PhD student at the Ultrafast Optics uh, Research Group uh, at the Institute of Applied Physics, YINA.
3: Timothy, Sheila and Klaus have some unique perspectives from their effort to find inclusion in new countries, as well as their scientific careers.
1: I'm originally from Austria, and I live now in Berlin, Germany. So I grew up in the mountains in Austria, studied in Switzerland, did a PhD in the Netherlands, and ended up in Berlin, Germany, six years ago.
2: So I'm currently living on Okinawa. So Okinawa is a small uh, subtropical island. In fact, it's a chain of islands in the very far south of Japan. So we're very far from Tokyo. And uh, I'm originally from Ireland, so quite far from there at the moment.
0: So I'm from Nigeria. I was born in the northern part of Nigeria.
3: Each of them have benefited from different perspectives in their new environments, which welcome people from all backgrounds.
0: For me, I've seen this as an advantage, you know, uh, when I've even interacted with colleagues from different places. I have a colleague, who is also from, from Italy. Uh, whenever I actually discuss it, it gives me a different perspective to something that I've been working on for some time. When I discuss with my German um, colleagues, they give me a different perspective. They make me look at things, you know, really, really, really differently, you know. Um, diversity is always an advantage when it comes to innovation.
2: We have a diverse student body, so I'm not sure how many countries they come from, but maybe 60, but we have no dominant nationality. So most most universities will have some dominant nationality, and we try to avoid having a dominant nationality.
1: Berlin, which many people consider the gay capital of the world, because there are many nightclubs. Many people, at least before the pandemic, many people from all around the world came to Berlin to dance, to spend their nights there, or completely moved there.
3: But Sheila, Timothy, and Klaus have each had times when they felt alone, isolated, or excluded.
0: People I just met and, hi, how are you? My, how are you doing? My name is Timothy. I'm from Nigeria. And I was doing this to actually build some kind of um, rapport with these people so that I can actually maybe seek for help when I need some kind of group study or something like this. So, uh, well, they responded very well. They sounded very enthusiastic, you know, uh, about our meeting and uh, not as just basically excited, yeah, that was the word excited about our meeting. However, uh, the next day, it's as if they've not met me before, so it's like a new thing. So I had to do this over and over and over and over again.
1: When it comes to private life, you know, almost everybody would talk about their partner or their husband or wife and their children. And then I, not being straight, always felt a little bit uncomfortable. Every time you meet a new person, You have to come out to that person because every time still, you know, it's kind of first people think that you are
2: straight. There have been several situations here um, within the community in Japan where I have felt the only woman out of 500 people wearing black suits. I have been in one situation in my first year here where I went to a society annual meeting and the only other woman in the room was the local, I think it was... Hiroshima I was in, the local Hiroshima beauty queen, and she was giving awards to the men on the stage.
3: Despite these moments of isolation because of their differences, these OSA members see how differences can be embraced, and how that will make the field of optics and photonics stronger and more welcoming.
1: So I think visibility is the most important. Are a very important aspect just to show how colorful and diverse science, optics, photonics are and how this colorfulness and the different profiles of people also can make the, the research more uh, successful.
0: I I saw the enthusiasm on the part of the lecturers to go an extra mile after the lectures to actually answer questions from students who are coming from different backgrounds, from China, for example, from India, from Nigeria, from Ghana.
2: There can be some really pleasant surprises uh, coming out of that. You know, that you really see the ability of somebody. They may not have had the opportunities in their home country, um, but suddenly they can shine when given uh, this opportunity.
3: The good news is, recently, there's been a concerted effort made by OSA and the scientific community in general. An effort that addresses exclusions of the past and works towards inclusivity.
1: Uh, so when I started working in science, it still was very, for many years, I still felt quite insecure. I just had the feeling, you know, my, my, my gay identity would be something that's kind of apart from, from the professional identity and just not something that should be disclosed too openly. And, and so I was very happy when only a few years ago, suddenly these these issues and topics were addressed also in the conference calls. And so I then suggested whether we could make some LGBTQ meetup uh, at the conferences. Uh, one of
0: the things the Abbey School of Photonics did, which I is very impressive and I really appreciate them for, was that as soon as we came into Germany, they welco- wel- welcomed us, of course, I came in on a scholarship with a, with a very good scholarship. But apart from that, they also welcomed us with a lot of trainings to, to make us understand what we will face.
3: Sheila, Timothy and Klaus have seen real positive change come out of these efforts to welcome people from different backgrounds. These are efforts that they're actively a part of.
2: I mean, I remember actually one time, one OSA event, and it was, I guess it was a fellow where they were honoring fellows, OSA fellows for that year. And it was probably within the last 10 years. And I remember getting pretty annoyed that there were almost no women becoming OSA fellows. So I was like, well, okay, we clearly have a problem here because everyone becoming a fellow or at least everyone on the stage at this event was a, was a guy and i don't know how many people there were probably 20 30 people and all of them were men and i i what i now make sure to do is that uh i nominate my own researchers or young researchers i see you know young colleagues i think it's improving if i look at the number of people who are becoming fellows each year certainly certainly with conferences in the last couple of years there's a lot more effort to have uh, female representation. And again, it all comes down to visibility.
1: But we, we had done last year an online LGBTQ meeting within the conference where I was uh, chair of one of the meetings. And this was very nice. I think it was something like more than 12 people just discussing one hour on these issues.
0: I think the OS is very, very inclusive. And uh, it, it, so... Uh, for me, I, I think they do very well by using the, the students' um, bodies in different cities and different universities, and also by the global programs that they actually have in place.
3: But even though progress has been made, it's clear that there's still a ways to go.
2: I saw a photo last week of a group in, in Germany, and it was like, I don't know, there were 16 people in the photo, and they all looked so identical. <laughs> It was like clones and I was, I just found it amazing that there are still images like that around the world being visible. And uh, yeah, so at least I don't think we have that problem at all. Everyone, you know, you look at our groups, our research groups, they are so diverse. Yeah. In every way (laughs) to see a uniform group then looks so strange to me.
0: Well, I, I believe, yes, because uh, growth is a continuum. Yeah? So anything that doesn't grow is dead. So um, there's always room for growth in terms of diversity. We should not actually forget.
3: These members have some ideas for what more OSA can do to promote diversity and inclusion within optics and photonics.
2: We have to look at exactly the demographic in which we're working. What is not prevalent in this demographic? Um, what should we work on what is what is needed what should we be accepting i think
1: probably it really would uh, made things a bit more a bit easier for me if there would have been more role models you know because i felt quite alone as a physics student i think increasing visibility just can help this this may be might be another advice you know something that, that the society could do and uh, just maybe in one of the Optics Photonics news, you know, just have a page on, on openly LGBTQ scientists. And here we are. Gay people are not just some fancy hairdressers, but they're everywhere. Also, you know, boring looking scientists can be gay. But I think it's a very good step also to include trans or non-binary people more naturally. So maybe this could be something uh, the society could consider doing just you know offer people or to, to add name tags to the pronouns.
0: I think there's something that needs to be done. I, I feel that they can actually improve more on uh, when it comes to, to financial support to students in developing countries. For example, um, students in Cameroon, students in Nigeria, um, students in, in Ghana, Um, if there's a way they can actually put in programs that can actually make the students um, have some kind of international experience, especially when they're dealing with something that's optical-related or they have some kind of interest in optics.
3: Each of these members is highly committed to strengthening their field. They believe that in order to solve complex global problems, we need the best thinking from diverse, talented scientists and engineers. This comes when people feel visible and comfortable to be their true and authentic selves.
0: One thing that also happens sometimes is that these people also return back to their home countries. So this is something that I, I look forward to in the future. I'm very, very interested, I'm very keen on doing this, of transferring my knowledge uh, back to the society through whatever way it uh, means possible.
1: We are now here in Berlin, also try to To increase the visibility of LGBTQ scientists and together with some friends, we founded some local network for LGBTQ people within STEM with regular meetups. And, And I think this is a very important process.
2: You know, don't let what you see going on around you influence how you're going to be yourself. um, And don't let it impact you to the point where you quit. I would say to young women, you know, just do it. Yeah, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, uh, don't do it. Don't feel pressurized to do it if you don't want to do it. So I think, um, yeah, perseverance maybe. Perseverance might be the thing, you know, don't give up, yeah.
1: Seeing that one of the big science societies like OSA is actively supporting diversity of course made me more self-confident to push also within uh, my German research environment.
3: As the world works towards a more inclusive future, Sheila, Klaus and Timothy have some advice for anyone who might be feeling like they're on the outside looking in.
0: Study hard, do your homework properly. You have the opportunity, the opportunity to always be there to actually go outside the country Um, to study and the opportunity is also gonna be there to come back to the country and give back what you've gotten. I I will advise everyone who is thinking about studying optics and feeling that maybe it's not gonna be too easy, that you can, you can. I did and you can do it.
1: So this is at least, you know, um, our societies are so, that, you know, just just being straight is the norm, that, you know, you always have to have this extra step of, of explanation. And therefore, just by, by, by showing, no, we are anyway, science, as all other fields, is more colorful. I just guess that it may, can make life easier for young people coming in.
2: Don't let what you see going on around you influence how you're going to be yourself.
1: I don't know. But if I can, you know, if people see me as okay, it's just some, some physicist doing solar energy research who is openly gay. If this helps somebody, I am very happy about
3: it. Thanks for listening to the We Are OSA podcast. We hope this episode will encourage you to reflect on your own surroundings and how you can embrace diversity and equity in order to make your lab, your university, or company more welcoming. Special thanks to the voices on this episode for sharing their stories with us. Visit osa.org forward slash we are OSA over the next few months to hear other episodes and read insightful articles.